and welcome to the Super 90s Brothers. I'm your host, Brennan Pointer. Along with me is Adam J. Pitzler. How's it going, buddy? You could have been one of the greats, Gordon. And now look at yourself. You're not even a has-been. You're a never-was. That's right. We're uh, talking about a movie that we'll talk about eventually. But we're... I'm super excited, Adam. We are doing our first ever live podcast. Ow! That might have been too loud, um, and I need to not play with my phone. So there's going to be little things, little intricacies that you're going to probably hear because it's the first time we've ever done a live podcast. If they've stuck with us this long and they've put up with some of our crap audio in the past, they'll be okay with some of the little bumps and bruises we're going to go through today. So yeah, so so cheers, Adam. Cheers. Ooh, that let's do that again. Yeah, cool. that's that's us cheersing Coronas. That's two long neck bottles donated by my good friend Stacy. Um. So yeah, we've been on we've been on a long hiatus. Um, we have not done a show in about three months. We've tried to do a couple shows. We've been a litany of like technical difficulties. Litany is the word. And uh, but now we're here. We are in Spokane, Washington, live, live, and we're here under you know the circumstances around why we're doing a live podcast are because Adam has a broken femur. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, Adam broke his femur wakeboarding for the first time ever. I was on this really irresponsible guy's boat at this irresponsible man's lake cabin, and they gave me some bad advice on how to wakeboard. And uh, there was a freak accident, and while the boat was taking off, my leg got caught, sort of twisted around behind me, and then the boat took off. And because I had already done the nesty plunge three times in a row, and I was sure everyone in the boat was sick of me falling. I tried extra hard to get myself up on this fourth try. I hung onto the rope a little too long. My right boot binding was a little loose from the fall before. I didn't realize that was as material as it ended up being. And boom, crack, snapple, pop. My femur broke, and I laid in the water with my leg dangling sideways. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We, um, I got to call 911. Um, yeah, for those of you who keep track, Brennan was it was Brennan's uh, lake cabin and Brennan's family's boat, so he's the irresponsible. So there's a lawsuit pending, so I can only go into so many details, Brennan. Mm. So we'll just give them the, the bare bones. Go ahead. We have no money, um, so that's you know obviously a. That's one fine. Of our... I can garnish that way. Future earnings, I get a small percentage. You know, there there are ways to to make this right. Don't you worry. Um, but yeah, so Adam went to the hospital, he got a plate in his leg, and he's been in Spokane for about two weeks now. Yeah, so no no fooling folks, I broke my femur wakeboarding on Brennan's boat, my leg was dangling sideways in the water, Brennan and his brother and his stepdad helped me get back up into the boat somehow, I still don't even I, know. I don't know how that happened. No. I'm not sure. My left leg, the adrenaline, I don't know, I got up onto the boat, but then we couldn't get my legs up into the boat because... Bam, broken femur. And moving them felt like the most excruciating pain I've ever felt in my life. I will no longer tolerate any woman that tells me their pregnancy was so painful that I can't comprehend. I'm telling you, I can comprehend. Everyone that I've spoken to said the femur is the most painful bone to break in your body. So I believe I can at least comprehend. Biggest bone in your body, too. The like. big, well, second biggest for me. <laughs> but anyway. So. We, we got we got that in an x-ray, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so anyway, I'm de- my leg's dangling off the side of the boat. Brennan's family puts the boat back to the launch where an ambulance is waiting for me. And about 30, 
dudes, volunteer EMTs are there waiting for me, which I thought was a little overboard for the 5th of July. Why are there so many people just sitting around waiting to look at this train wreck of a man's leg? There were so many EMTs, and they all wanted to get on the action. Honestly, it felt like football players on prom night. They were so excited to see an injury, and they all wanted to help. And they gave me an extremely bumpy ride into an ambulance where they gave me a shot and gave me a different bumpy ride into a different ambulance because, bam, they put me in the wrong ambulance for some reason. Drove me to the hospital where I stayed for, I think it was about five days. Got major surgery the next day. Been on a lot of painkillers since then, including now. So if I say things in this podcast that don't entirely add up, that's what I'll blame it on at least this time. Are you are you on Oxy right now? I just took an Oxy um, with a cold beverage just a, a moment ago. So it was, I take an Oxy every six hours, but they're very loose. They're only 10 milligrams. When I was in the hospital, I was getting 30 milligrams every three hours. Now I get 10 milligrams every six hours. But don't worry, because they give you a lot of like acetaminophen with it, because that, that'll totally take care of the difference, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think so. No, it didn't. It was really <laughs> it was really awful the first few days. But I'm thankful to say that my body has adapted. The pain's not so bad as long as I'm sitting stationary. But we don't need to talk about my leg all day. The real point of all this is that Brennan and I are able to do the show together live for the first time, and you guys are the lucky recipients. Yeah, it's we. It's it's so cool to be. I think the one the one obviously the one thing that's always been lost in our podcast is like we don't get to play off each other's like like our vibe like. I'm, we're doing this on our phones and like, you don't really get to see someone and like when they want to say something. And so like to do a podcast in person, like you get to like really play off the other person's like, not emotions, but like, well, that's a great point. We're doing it two minutes and it's already like my favorite recording experience. Brennan and I are always stepping on each other's words and it's none of our faults. We just don't know when the other person's going to pause or speak because we can't see each other, you know? Yeah. And doing it like this, there's a sixth sense you develop, and it's a lot easier. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, let's get into uh, Well, maybe first, let's um, let's plug. Let's pl- we, we, we love that you're listening to our podcast. It's the, you know, we love our all of our listeners. You guys are amazing. But we would love if you guys could get on iTunes, give us those five-star reviews, it means so much to us. We are still trying to get to that that twentieth review, and I really believe that now that we have this amazing sound, there's we're just gonna get people are just gonna flock to our podcast. How about some sympathy reviews for Adam playing through the pain, yeah, like Willis Reed coming on the podcast, delivering an all star performance, not unlike Pierre, Paul Pierce after the. Well, I guess that wasn't so heroic in light of recent evidence. But you know what I'm getting to. <laughs> you, you just got to go take a dump. Yeah, exactly. I came I came out of it the other end like Paul Pierce, came back, scored a bunch of threes, won the game. Long story short, we could use the reviews, those five-star reviews on iTunes. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Brennan's at Mode. I'm at Adam Pitzler. We're at Super 90s Bros. So, yeah, check us out. Tell your friends. Share us. That's what we're doing this for, and that's how you can help. Yeah, and we're on. And you can also review us on SoundCloud, on um, Google Play, and, um, yeah, review, review, review us on Facebook as well. Um, but what are we know, talking about today, Brennan? We're talking, we're talking about everyone's favorite 90s sports movie. What's that? The Mighty Ducks. Ow! If you quack. Are, if you, quack. 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 Quack, 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 quack. That's enough. All right, let's uh, let's just stop. Awesome. So yeah, we're we're talking about the Mighty Ducks. I mean, there are so many feelings around this movie that I just can't describe. I I bonded with my wife over the trilogy. She had the trilogy on uh, VHS. Um, it's 
really one of my favorite sports movies from the 90s at least my um, my favorite hockey movie personally and we can debate that a little later yeah we can do and there's some good hockey movies and i know everyone's like oh slap shot's really good you're right slap shot's good but mighty ducks is good too and that was my generation so that's my favorite yes and uh and it came out uh in early 90s i want to say um, like 92 93 so we we couldn't have been but eight maybe nine years old when it came out and it was very popular at the time there's a there's there's a little there's a little known story about the rights to Mighty Ducks, and I think it was uh, I think it was originally developed by Touchstone, if memory serves, and I'm pulling that out of my butt because I used to have this movie on VHS, and I believe it was Touchstone, uh, but at some point Disney purchased it and sort of uh, you you know the rest from there. They made their own hockey team called the Mighty Ducks, and they made all these corny sequels where the kids didn't cuss and swear as much, and they re-released the original sands a few scenes and sands a few curse words and i always thought that was a little bit of a mistake i mean i understand why the people that own the rights did it because disney probably paid an arm and a leg and they can get you the kind of exposure that no one else can but as as just a fan of kids movies in the 80s and 90s i always have said that i prefer a kids movies where the kids are a little more real i that's my biggest criticism of 90s movies the kids are always a little too nice a little too sweet a little too clean i like the goonies kids you know i like the stranger things kids i like that there's a little bit of an edge to them you know they cuss sometimes they argue they fight that was mighty ducks it was all of that yeah it it, it really was like in it was very like yeah, it wasn't cookie cutter. There was like, it was raw, like it was kids cussing. Like there was a little bit of, I would say there's a little bit of cussing in the yeah. in the first, like a little bit. Like that probably, that was probably actually cut out. But originally what happened was that the creator was trying to make a Bad News Bears for hockey. Success. And, and that's really, you know, that's the premise. So why don't you go into Adam, like what? The, 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 the plot of Mighty Ducks. Sure. So the Mighty Ducks starts off and there's this lawyer and his name is Gordon Bombay and he's kind of like a young little hotshot lawyer and he talks about how he's 30-0 except for the one he lost and he like had sex with the defense attorney so he counted that one as a victory too. He's one of these guys that's all about himself. He's all about money. He's all about the firm. You know, he's just one of these like cliche evil businessmen that is the antagonist in like every Hallmark movie you've ever seen. Um, so Gordon Bombay gets a DUI at the beginning and he's got a hockey background. And for some reason, when people get DUIs in Minnesota, the best solution is to have them go, you know, unsupervised, watch kids while their parents aren't around. Hey, this guy's got a DUI. Why not take care of this kid, you know, or this group of kids out on this ice? So he agrees to do that to keep the DUI off his record, if memory serves. And he starts coaching this little league hockey team and he like hates it, right? And Gordon's got this whole backstory about like when he was a little kid, he was like the little prodigy kid in the area, like the little like Wayne Gretzky, the best kid on his team. But like some shit went down with his coach and he like lost the championship game by missing a big shot or something. And his coach was a dick about it. So he grew to kind of like hate his coach and hate hockey. And now he's stuck in the situation where he's got to help these kids. And of course, it's like every sports movie where the kids like totally suck in the beginning and they can't do anything right and it's dysfunctional and they don't want a new coach and they don't want to learn. But then over time, they get a few ringers on the team like Fulton Reed, who's this big badass enforcer who we'll talk about. They also get Adam Banks, who's like this little scoring champion from the rival team, the Hawks, who comes over to their team. And then obviously Gordon gets into coaching and gets a chemistry with the kids and teaches them all to get better. And of course, you know, they go... The, the movie goes on and he starts dating Charlie's mom 
So he gets really close with her and close with Charlie and with the team. Charlie played by Joshua Jackson from Dawson's Creek. And then they go through the playoffs and then the championship game, they've got to face Gordon's old coach and his old team, the Hawks, who are still a bunch of dickheads and like play dirty and want to, you know, hurt all of his kids. And Gordon's got to defeat the demons of the past by with this new group of kids. And, uh, you know, you could probably figure out what happens, but that's the movie. Yeah, well, spoiler alert, they they win the championship. What? In a Disney movie? And, yeah, and it, and it's, like, kind of redemption for Charlie. Like, he wins in a in a penalty shootout. The, he, he redeems Gordon's failures. He, rede- he redeems Coach Bombay's triple <laughs> deke move, which I just learned what a triple deke was recently. I think you told me it's a fake, right? Yeah. So a tr- I always thought there was much more to a triple deke than, oh, it's a triple fake. What does that mean? You go, you fake, 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 shoot? Is that all we're talking about? Pretty much. Okay. I, I, I think, yeah. So Charlie wins with the triple deke, which was like Gordon's little signature move when he was a kid. And Gordon beats his jerk coach, who mismanaged Gordon as a child and didn't handle... He didn't handle Gordon's failure very well. He didn't put the little kid in a position to succeed or overcome adversity. Which, you know, all good coaches will tell you. Kids fail all the time. So, anyway, Gordon gets to, you know, redeem himself and beat the Hawks. Well, so that was the, the loose synopsis. So, what what do you remember about seeing it? Like, how old were you? Did you see in the theater? Do you, or, you know, yeah, we, what, what we, do you remember about it? We saw in the theater and uh, loved it. I was, you know, just like you. I loved Bad News Bears. I loved The Sandlot. This movie is, like, right up there in my Mount Rushmore of kids' sports movies. Like this, Bad News Bears, The Sandlot, and, like, Little Big League. I'm probably missing one. But those are, like, my favorites of all time. And this was no joke. I wouldn't say... I had never played hockey. So, you know, hockey was not a big sport in the Pacific Northwest. Um at all. It's a little more popular in Spokane where Brent and I live now, but in the Seattle area where I grew up, people didn't play hockey. We didn't have a pro hockey team at the time. They're supposed to get one in about a year and a half or so, but I wasn't a hockey player. I didn't have the opportunity for whatever reason. So watching this made me love hockey. First of all, made me think it was super cool. I was obviously playing a lot of little kids sports at the time. And we, as soon as this movie, like came out on video or like it came out on HBO or something right mm-hmm. and we were I recorded it onto a VHS and that became one of those famous VHSs that Brennan and I've talked about that I had in my library forever and I just watch again and again and again and me and my mom really bonded over this movie she loved it too so we would watch it all the time if I had like a bad day or something you know it was kind of one of those pick-me-up movies yeah um I I don't remember where if I saw it in the theater I don't believe I did I think it was one of those movies that I got on like VHS the following year, and I probably just watched the hell out of it or rented it. Um, but yeah, when you're a kid and you watching these like kids that you like, you feel that you're like you. You really it really has you know really. What am I trying to say is like it's very like hits hits close to home. And I played a lot of hockey in the in in my cul-de-sac. I lived in the cul-de-sac. <laughs> I had rollerblades, and I. You know, we would go play. Um, we play hockey in the cul-de-sac a lot. Roller hockey is the shit. Roller hockey is so much fun. So, which little kid do you think you were most like then? Uh, probably guy. Guy. Gee. Gee. Sorry. Gee. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, he's like a. He was like a ladies' man. I, I always like, and he. I don't know if he's really a ladies' man. He just like. He. You fashioned yourself a ladies' man when you were singing yeah, show tunes should, alone in your room at age ten. I should have said Charlie. I, I'm Charlie. I had like long flowing hair, and I was a little bit of a nerd. And I, 
and was always kind of good at sports. The thing about Charlie is, like, Charlie wasn't really that good. He was just kind of like the captain. He was a glue guy. He was, like, really good with for the team. He was always building everybody up. He was everybody's friend. He was he could do a little everything on his team, you yeah, know? that was me. I mean, that was me in baseball. Like, I could play every position, but was I the best at any of the positions? No, but I could do them. I could play the positions, and I was always, like, I was always team captain. I, I was very, very motivational. yeah. I, I, I always definitely related to Adam Banks because his name was Adam, number one, but also because he was like this little stud kid. And I'm not trying to brag, but at the time, I'm telling you, Brennan, at the time, I was always the best hitter on my baseball team. There was okay. like a three-year stretch when I was like I'll, eight, I'll, I'll believe that. eight, nine, and ten. I was like the only lefty in, well, not the only lefty in the league, but I was usually like the only lefty on my team. Okay. And I'm telling you, every time I would either get a hit or I would walk because little kids didn't know how to pitch to a lefty. So my on-base percentage every year was like north of 700. I'm not shitting that's, you. That's a good point. Yeah, lefties in like Little League are always the best because, yeah, you're usually facing right-handed pitchers. And and you hit it to right field, it's a home run because that kid sucks. Right. So I almost always led my team in home runs. Um, so, so, so yeah, I liked Adam Banks. And, uh, you know, what, what, was your, what, what was the most appealing thing about the movie to you? Um, that it was just a fun kids sports movie like i'm tr- i'm trying to think of like all the kid sports movies that were around and like at the time i feel like this was the starting i feel like mighty ducks might have started the whole 90s fad of like kid sports movies like because there's definitely stuff in the 70s like bad news bears i can't think of many 80s sports movies bad news bears and breaking training Breaking Training. You never saw that one? It's not good. No, I haven't seen it. Actually, that one's not so bad. They, like, travel to the Astrodome, and they play, like, an exhibition game in the Astrodome. Mm. It's not that bad. Bad News Bears go to Japan as a pile of shit. The kid that played Kelly Lee said it's, like, the worst movie in cinema history. (laughs) It's, like, so bad. But the the Breaking Training one's okay. Well, I'm not familiar, but I can't really think... Because, like, Sandlot came after Mighty Ducks, and... Little Big League came after Mighty Ducks. So did like Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year. These are all early 90s, all movies that we've done already, except for Little Big League. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mighty Mighty Ducks was like, yeah, 1992, and it was really, it started the trend of kid sports movies in the I, 90s. I think you're onto something. Not unlike uh, Boys to Men started like boy bands, you know? Or what was that other like... Uh, are you Af- talking about you talking about New Kids on the Block? No, there was an African-American band before New Kids on the Block. And African-Americans are quick to point out that New Kids on the Block just ripped off everything they did. Oh, you're talking about like... Um, uh, n- n- what's it called? Uh, not New. Uh, I know what you're talking about. It's like um, Bobby Brown's band. Um, well, Brendan can look it up. But anyway, that's what it was like. There was like a new thing that worked and everyone started exploiting it for money. And Mighty Ducks was probably... If not the first, among the first, and certainly among the first that was super popular. I mean, everybody I knew had seen Mighty Ducks and liked it a lot. New edition. New, New edition. edition. Yeah, yeah, everyone, like, yeah. But, but yeah, so, but, but the most thing appealing thing about it was, like, it was an underdog story, and these kids, because I was never on any, on any really great sports teams, and, like, you always, you always thought you had a chance. Even, because, like, every team makes it to the playoffs when you're, like, and when... When you're how old these kids were and that was that theme was represented in this movie because they were like the second shittiest team in the league and i believe they still made the playoffs or no there was two teams that didn't make the playoffs one team didn't make the playoffs because they had like they got sick no they caught like the measles the measles and they couldn't play for the rest of the season so i guess they're anti-vax in minnesota (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so anyway, so they make the playoffs as like the the last seed, and then they go through it. But Brennan's right. When you're a kid playing youth sports, most teams make the playoffs, and they certainly do nowadays. Like everybody makes the playoffs. Well, I think it's just it, it's not even about like giving it like making sure kids like get their participation trophy. It's just like making sure that parents that are shelling out this money for their kids to play that they get to play enough games no i get it i don't mind um i think playoffs are for everybody at that age yeah like championships aren't for everybody playoffs are fine yeah. and i've got a fun story about that that we'll get to later um so let's go through some of the characters so i gave kind of a loose description of gordon bombay so why don't you do it this time talk what do you remember about gordon bombay how'd you feel about him so gordon bombay was this and who was he played by so gordon by bombay ugh, gordon bombay is played by the the amazing esteemed esteemed Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen's brother, um, Martin Sheen's son, Ow. and uh, he's he's a lawyer and he lives in Minnesota and he's like Adam said he's 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 really like I'm, I'm struggling for words. He's, but he's egotistical. Just, he, he's, he's very arrogant. Yeah. He's full of himself. Thank you. He's a he's a chauvinist. Yeah, very much a chauvinist, and he's all about winning. Like everything's about winning. And like, him, like me, 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 win, win, win. Right. And so, and yeah, and so he gets. He gets pulled over for a DUI, and then he's just... And they go, breath, blood, or urine. And he goes, no thanks, I'm not thirsty. <laughs> I'm full. I think he says, I'm full. Oh, right. That. But, uh... <laughs> What's that even mean? <laughs> uh... Can you do blood tests for a, a DUI? Is I'm that like sure a... you can. I don't know that you can do it on the spot, especially not in 1992. <laughs> but, yeah, so he gets pulled over for a DUI, and he, it's his character is just... It's a redemption story. Like he he goes from being this egotistical, all about winning kind of guy. And he he learns through these kids like how to be a better person and a, and contribute contribute to society. Because like the thing about Gordon is he's like a he he's, he's a scumbag lawyer. He, yeah, he like he gets murderers off from like going to jail and stuff like that. Yeah, and nobody likes lawyers. No, I don't think anybody likes lawyers. I don't know anybody that likes lawyers that's not a lawyer. Like. I mean, I like lawyers that like that just to kind of just do like regular lawyer like lawyering stuff, pro bono stuff. Like you know, like lawyer. Like there's a lot of lawyers. Like don't, you're right. The lawyers that we see, like in like you know pop culture, are like these people that are prosecuting or defending like terrible people. But like the, mostly, like lawyers are like pretty normal people. Well, I don't know that I share that opinion. But <laughs> well, uh, I forget you. You deal with a lot of lawyers, don't I, you? I do. Um, <laughs> we, we don't we, need to get into yeah, that. I forget that. But like Gordon Bombay, he's just, he's played by Emilio Estevez. He's a a brat pack uh, actor alum he's from from the eighties. You know, he was in Breakfast Club, Saint um, Elmo's Fire, yeah, which it, is a pile of shit. And he's just and he's a very I mean. I guess he's kind of attractive. He's a sh- you know, but he's short. He's so short. Yeah. I think he's like five three, five All four. All actors in Hollywood are so. Short. Tom Cruise is literally four foot seven. That's not true. Okay, sorry, four foot seven and a half. Okay, uh, but yeah, his character is good. He he's he's likable. He's a likable bad guy. I would say. Yeah, I liked him. I like. I mean, you know me. I always kind of like those characters with a little edge, a little sarcasm, yeah. because something about him reminds me of someone I like. Yeah, you know, there's nothing. I love people that you know. That isn't bad about getting a DUI. People get DUIs all the time. It's not, it's not like a terrible thing. So <laughs> well, as long as you don't hurt anybody, I guess you can reconcile it in your head. Right. Yeah. I mean. Anyway, so that's that's Gordon Bombay. He's the heart of the movie. He's the star of the movie. Um, let's go through some of the other characters. Uh, we talked about the rival coach of the Hawks, who ends up being kind of the principal antagonist. His name is Coach Riley, 
And I can't remember the actor's name, but it's the dad from Son-in-Law. Yeah. and uh, we've, done, we've done that movie. I think. Yeah, and he's we have done Son-in-Law. Check it out on our former podcast if you're listening to us for the first time. Um, we go in-depth on Polly Shore. It's super fun. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Coach Riley is the coach of the Hawks, and he's... He's a lot like Gordon. He's a lot like just about winning, just about himself. He's not really a team guy. It's all about, you know, the, the championships. To him, it's all about, it's a little bit of that, uh, you know, is it the destination or the journey type deal where Coach Riley, you know, kind of believes that if you don't win the championship that you failed. And Coach Bombay, Estevez, learns that you can succeed without winning the championship if you grow as a person and help others grow as people. Okay, that's nice. Yeah. That's a nice sentiment. It is, and that's I mean, and there's some truth to that. I think we can all agree to that. Do you think do you think that kids become better athletes because they are in Bombay's camp or do you think they become better athletes because they're in Coach Riley's camp? Uh, you know, I hadn't thought about this, but I'm really glad you bring that up. Totally Coach Riley. <laughs> right. If you want kids to like succeed in sports, you have to be pretty tough on them. Like all the kids, all the people that I've known that were high level successful athletes were very disciplined, very um, dedicated to their craft to the point where it's an obsession oftentimes. And I don't, I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that's sort of what, what it takes to edge out all the competition because there's a lot of kids out there and everybody wants to be a pro athlete when you're a little kid and everybody's dad thinks their kid is going to be a pro athlete and pushes them to be such and so if you actually want to do it you have to bust your ass and coach riley had those kids busting their ass and coach bombay had them having fun and you know learning to work together and all that other lame shit (laughs) <laughs> but there's a part for the, there's a place for that too in sports if you don't play as a team you usually don't win that's true um but uh i think winning's important i mean if you want to be successful in sports i mean it's definitely like the fun part of sports winning is important i don't mean to belittle winning <laughs> like in the end they win you know so mixed message here you still like disney your team still win in the end so as much as you try and make it about the process they still win right so uh, anyway, so that's Coach Riley. You want to talk about Charlie? So, Charlie Banks? Charlie Conway, played by the great... Charlie Conway, sorry. Yeah, Charlie Conway, played by the great Joshua Jackson. Um, he's just a good old little boy. Good old little boy. He's a good old little boy. <laughs> good old little boy. He's just a, he's just a you know, your, your, your kid next door, your boy next door. He's just very... Mop top. Yeah, he was just very... Yeah, he's just a a cool kid, and he he he's was a nice kid. Nice kid. He's smart. He's he's very he has he's a little bit of comic relief in the movie. He uh he he lives with his mother, just the two of them. Their dad is out of the picture. Right, and early on in the film, it's it's shown that like Charlie has the most potential on the team. You think? I mean, who of all the like. Of all the players that, besides Adam Banks, because Adam Banks is a hawk. He's not on the team yet. He's not on the team yet. Like, of all the players that are on the team, like, I think there's not really any other... Well, maybe... I'll I'll take the African-American kid. (laughs) That's true. I'll take... The kid, the De Nunez from Sandlot and Jesse Smollett. Just Jesse Smollett. <laughs> He's a great actor. He's great at pretending things. Uh, let's not talk about that. So You know, it's funny. You mentioned, you mentioned the other day we were talking about you know Jesse Smollett. And I was like, I can't believe he's in this movie. Yeah, I didn't know either. I, I But I was doing research for the show and I was like, holy shit, that's Jesse Smollett. Um, and so he, uh, anyways, but Charlie Conway, he's a great character. He's a pivotal, pivotal character. He scores a game winning, the, the, the league the, winning, the, the league winning championship goal, the goal that leads to like all the greatness that the Mighty Ducks experience over the next two films. 
Um, and so yeah, he and he has a and he has a, an attractive mother and who's single and plays a love interest for uh, for uh, Gordon Bombay, which the love interest it's like it's a very tiny little piece of the movie and it doesn't even really it never really plays out that well in the movie i was just gonna agree i was just gonna say something like that i like i my mom and i were talking about this the other day you don't need a lot of mush to have an effective love story movies don't need a ton of time spent showing people on dates, showing them talk about their feelings like people get it it's the same damn formula in every movie you ever watched so you can have an effective love story without dedicating too much screen time to it and i would say that mighty ducks did that pretty effectively no, that's true i mean it, it's a it's a side it's a side story that doesn't really play a big role but it's it it's not in your face you're not trying to shove like charlie's mom down this love story down your face and that part of it's not a big part of the the movie yeah um other characters other the next players? the next character is adam banks and we talk about him a little more specifically like i said he's sort of the best player on the hawks and i don't really know exactly how it happens but somehow gordon bombay finds out that they had re rezoned the district for who what kids ended up on what team and that adam banks was playing for the wrong team and so he went to the league office and then they they go and they they more or less take him from the Hawks onto the Mighty Ducks, um, and he's he's the strong silent type. He actually doesn't have a lot of lines. He's more or less just a really good hockey player that makes their team relevant and helps them kind of get over the top. Um, yeah, the whole <laughs> the whole like the plot line for that part of the film where they're like, so Gordon Bombay finds out. There's this whole scene where, like, Gordon comes in So, part of this movie is that there's this old man, Hans, who, like, owns this, like, hockey shop that Gordon Bombay used to work for. And it becomes, like, a... He becomes, like, a pivotal role. And he... But he goes to, like, this little hockey house. And they... He's just like, I just found out that... <laughs> that Adam Banks is... He should be... He should be a duck. and And then it turns out that... It turns out Gordon Bombay would have been a duck, if, if, if back in the day the lines hadn't changed. Oh right, like he lived in the same neighborhood as Adam Banks, so yeah. there's all these parallels between him and Adam Banks. But the point I'm trying to get at is like basically Gordon Bombay is kind of slimy still, and he like goes and steals the Hawks' best player because of a a zoning error, and his, he like told, his... he could have been the better man and been like, I don't need him, I don't need him to win. I think the way I would, I think the way a writer would phrase it is he borrowed some of his lawyering skills. To help his team get better. That's fair. I, I, I'll, I'll go with that. But Adam Banks is... Uh, honestly, he doesn't have a lot of personality. But he's just a good hockey player. I, I think a big character that you didn't put on this list that I want to talk about is Fulton Reed. Yes. Go ahead and talk about Fulton Reed. The big enforcer kid. So Fulton Reed, um, he is... You know... <laughs> he's kind of like a legend in amongst all the kids. Like Everyone's like, he can't play hockey... He's already on a football scholarship, and yeah, he's like, like huge compared to all of them. His his real name is Eldon Hinson. Yeah, and he's been in. He's kind of like a, He's been in a lot of. He's still kind of a, a a side actor. He was like in Daredevil. He's in Idle Hands, which is like a. Oh yeah, he, a, he was good in Idle Hands. One of the name. zombie buddies. He was in. Um, he's in Butterfly. Butterfly Effect. Effect. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Um, but but he's a a pretty pivotal character because they. So there's a scene like they start recruiting all these new like hockey players to come play, and he he what his character what he does is that he's always hitting hockey pucks 
in an alleyway. He's got like this one amazing slap shot. That's it's like all his he super can shot. Do. Like in a video game, it's like you it's like in Mike Tyson punch out, you get the little star and you get the one super punch. Well, that's like Fulton Reed's only shot. He's got like the one super shot. Yeah. And um gosh, there's a line in the movie where they're like like how often do you hit the net? He's <laughs> there's like Three out of ten? No, one out of five. Is it one out of five? Yeah, one out of five. It's something like, it, 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 it was like a baseball. I feel like it was a baseball Which reference. It's kind of a shitty average. It's a terrible average. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, he, he comes in and he becomes like kind of an enforcer, becomes a guy who can, you know, make a, he makes a couple goals and they have like the goalie like catch it, but he can't, it has so much momentum behind it. He like spins around like stupid... Little... Yeah, he like he shoots the goalie with the puck, and the goalie catches it, but the force of the puck pushes him into the net, which is entirely impossible. Um, also, I, would that even count as a goal? I guess it would if that happened. I because the puck crossed the plane. Yeah, I, I think, but I I think if like the net becomes like gets dislodged from like its spot, then the goals don't count, and like they oh. have. To, I don't I don't know hockey rules. Yeah, to be to be completely <laughs> honest, I've always liked hockey from afar. But I've never been a student of the game. I'm very much looking forward to Seattle having their own hockey team and really kind of learning the sport better. Yeah. Any other, I mean, besides Fulton Reed? Yeah, uh, so Brandon Adams, who was a real stud actor at the time in the 90s, we mentioned he was De Nunez in Sandlot. He was also the lead character in The People Under the Stairs, which is a really awesome, underrated horror movie if you guys haven't seen it. You always bring up the movie, and I've never seen it. Oh, dude, you got to watch it, and you got to watch... You can't watch the made-for-TV version. You need to like rent it and watch the full version on Amazon or something. Mm-hmm. It's so creepy and weird, and it's like a, it's like an old uh, fairy tale twist. It's like an Aesop fable or mm. some kind of twist on an old fairy tale, like a Hansel and Gretel type tale. Anyway, Brandon Adams is one of the kids we mentioned. We mentioned Jesse Smollett, yeah. and then Danny Tamborelli of like yeah. Pete and Pete and all that is also kind of like the little short, fat Italian kid who's some comic relief. Um, and there's a couple girls on the team as well. Goldberg, Gold, Goldberg, Goldberg the goalie. Goldberg, who was in uh, Heavyweights. Mm-hmm. There's also this this other fat kid named Carp, who was the main kid in Heavyweights. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Carp, uh, you're right, and he never comes back into any other Mighty Ducks. No, I guess not. And uh, Goldberg's taken a turn from the worst, wasn't it? You oh that God, po- he posted something on Facebook. He recently got arrested in like California, and he just. He just looks like a skin of himself. No, he's he's like he's, meth heroin head or something. Yeah, like he um, looked awful. He's like every commercial you've ever seen about why you shouldn't do drugs. Like it was awful. You mentioned the girls. Uh, one of Connie was Con- one of them. Connie, uh, and she's played by uh, Marguerite Moreau, who's like um, a famous actress. She plays a bunch of bit characters. She was in um, what's that? Um, Wet Hot American Summer. Oh yeah, she's in that, and she's been in all the the sequels to that. Um, and she still acts in movies here and there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it had a really good... Good cast. Well, had a good cast of characters, and especially a good cast of young characters that, like, of kids that were kids. not um, famous at the time. Like, yeah, yeah, they did a really good job of casting the right kids who had a lot of personality, and they made the movie fun. Um, there was some other little tiny short Italian kid that I kind of liked. I don't remember his name or who he played, but I think his name was Frankie in the movie. Anyway... Good cast, good casting job. I, I just read a very interesting stat, a re- really interesting fact that uh, um, Jake Gyllenhaal was going to play Charlie, but his parents wouldn't let him play it. Wouldn't that be so weird if Jake Gyllenhaal would have been, would have been? Uh, I guess I Charlie. I, I gotta be honest. I don't like Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I really hate Donnie Darko. <laughs> I hate Donnie Darko so much, and 
I have this funny story about like when I first met Jill and she was like, she said Jake Gyllenhaal and I like, I like correct her and I was like, actually it's Gyllenhaal, <laughs> you know, and I was totally wrong. Right. And she always brings it up to this day, but you know, I, Joshua Jackson was fine. I don't, I don't have any pros or cons against him. He's I mean, Dawson's Creek. He was in that I didn't really watch Dawson. TV I mean, show. Did you Fringe? watch Dawson's Creek? No, I didn't watch Dawson's Creek. No, when I was in like seventh grade, I remember all the little girls I was chasing did. So I considered watching it once. And I started watching like five minutes. Of it, and it was so terrible. I changed. I have never, so I've never really seen it. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know too much about it. Um, but yeah, so, so favorite scenes. So well, actually before that, what's your, who's your favorite character? All the people just listed. I, I, you going Fulton Reed? I'll just go... I mean, Emilio Estevez... I mean, Gordon Bombay is like the best... He's like the... He's the best character. All right, I'll take Fulton Reed. I always I always had a soft spot for like the big badass kid. I, You know what? I really liked... Um, Jesse Smollett? Not just, no, he doesn't <laughs> even have like many... Uh, he barely speaks. Yeah, no, I'm talking... The guy who does all the... He's kind of like the comic relief. He's a... Averman. Um, Oh yeah, yeah Averman. What, like, is that his name? Yeah, Averman. He does like um, the kid with the glasses. Mm-hmm. His name listed here is Less Less Averman, um, but uh, I don't think they ever call him Less. Um, but he was just—he kind of did like SNL characters and kind of just—he would be on the bench, be like, "Hey, bada bada bada, swing, bada bada bada," you know, like, and someone would say, "Averman, it's hockey, not baseball," and like. He was just—he was very much a. Uh, I totally forgot. Com- com- comic relief for the I, movie. I blanked Averman. I'm glad you brought him up. Okay, so let's talk about some of the marquee scenes in the movie. Um, obviously, uh, the very beginning of the movie, they've got this great like prank with dog poo in the purse. Yeah. So you know, as a kid, at least at the time when I was that age, I was always trying to pick up new fun pranks, and movies were a great resource for that. Um, I remember one time I was watching this interview with. Uh, Macaulay Culkin, and he said that he like put double-sided tape on a toilet seat once, and his like dad sat down and it ripped out a bunch of his ass hair, <laughs> and it was like one of his best pranks. So I tried doing that, but I don't know how. You tried, ca- do, you tried doing that to Dan? No, I tried doing it to my mom, <laughs> <laughs> but she doesn't have ass hair, <laughs> and also, also she saw it before she sat down, so it didn't work. But uh, anyway. Dog poo in the purse prank at the very beginning of the movie. So most movies, and after I say this, you guys will notice it every time. The very beginning of most movies usually have these little vignettes of scenes to give you a taste or a flavor of the character. And these are very important to me because it immediately tells me what kind of movie it's going to be, what kind of characters are going to be, and how the writers go about introducing us to those characters. And it shows me right off the bat whether or not it's a clever movie or if it's like, you know, cliche. This was pretty clever. So there's this little group of kids, and they're just messing around, and they go find some dog shit, and they put it in like a like a purse that they dig out of the dumpster, and then they stick like a dollar bill out of it, and they leave it in the middle of the road for someone to come find. And some guy comes and finds it and gets the dog shit and chases them down the road. And, and there isn't more to it than that, but it's a, it's a fun, clever little scene. It always made me want to do it, but I never had a spare purse lying around. You never did it? I never. Oh my gosh. Did you do it? We didn't do it with a purse. Tell me about it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we would go and uh, me and these guys I never really hung out with in high school, we would go, it was like youth group kids. <laughs> and we would go and take dollar bills. We call it poo dollar. Take a dollar bill, get some poop, like put it between 
like the dollar and like just put it in front of like Best Buy or in front of Safeway and uh and we're talking about dog poop right or pet poop anyway yes not human, okay, okay not human feces all right that's that's disgusting yeah <laughs> that's where you draw the line that's where i draw the line but uh and so we would do that and watch people pick up dollar bills did it work yeah they put them in their pocket it, 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 hang on hang on was the chunk of poop still in the dollar it, it was bill? like if you fold it you couldn't see the poop it was just like folded it was just like a kind so of a little a, tiny piece of poop yeah Okay. Yeah, and you just do it, and you just watch somebody pick it up, put it in their pocket, and you just, like, crack up. This is more proof that, like, youth groups and whole organized religion do more harm than good. That, well, that's true. That's very true. I don't, I, I can't think of all, being all my atheist, you know, heathen friends would ever have done that. But here are all these little Christians running around putting dog shit in people's hands and putting them in their purses. <laughs> so. Anyways, um, so that's your favorite scene. Uh, my favorite scene, I don't, I don't know. I'm well, a, I'm a sucker for, uh. I'm a sucker for like a. There's a there's a I'm always a sucker for like a a fight like a you know build up scene like a montage type of scene. Uh huh. Um, I really like the scene where like they all like they go into the they go into the hockey shop and they get, all get to pick out different. It's such a good vibration. Oh, that, that's what they're marking. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. That that's it, and uh, I I like that. Um, and they're all getting new equipment because Bombay has gotten his law firm to sponsor them. Th- yes, and that's why they're called the Ducks because his boss is Mr. Duckworth. Um, and but one of my favorite scenes, and it's a it's probably a, the most pivotal scene in the movie that kind of like brings them together. So there's this there's this part in the movie where the Mighty Ducks decide not to play because Gordon Bombay is overheard by two players saying like, "You're right, they are a bunch of." They are losers. Bunch, they are a bunch of losers and everything. And then like, and that's all the kids heard. And and so they they tell like, I think it was Carp and like Averman or someone like that. They see that and they kind of throw that in Bombay's face. But that's not what he meant. Well, then later on in the movie, or like a couple scenes later, they're all in class together, and they all start quacking at the teacher. And and they're all kind of fighting because like they don't they don't they all like they forfeited a game. And so, like, they're all in class, and, like, I think Charlie's fighting with Carp and whatever, and then the teacher, like, gets on them, like, and says, and they all start quacking, and they all get put into detention, and then... It's just like, oh, Captain, my Captain, and Dead Poets Society. And, exactly. And then, uh, and then Gordon comes in the class, and he's like, did you guys really quack at the teacher? And he gives, like, some type of, like, motivational speech, and they go on to, like... How did he get in the classroom, by the way? I don't know, they like... They let strange they, men in with they the kids let, alone? They let strange men that have DUIs coach <laughs> hockey teams and then go and, like, bail them out of, like, detention so they can go put practice. I gotta tell you, I wish I would have gone to school in Minnesota. It sounds badass. <laughs> um, I would I would also add that the finals, the final match against mm. the Hawks, the climax the climactic scene, the big match at the end was really cool. There's this awesome part at the beginning where they're all standing opposite of each other while they sing the national anthem, which is a tradition in hockey. And all the kids are kind of sizing each other up and they're all trying to look tough. And um, without getting into it too much, uh, there. when we talked about this in a league of their own, this movie has a lot of really good hockey. Yes, it does. It's really well shot. The, I don't know if, the kids were doing it themselves the kid actors or if they had other like kids who were good hockey players in there probably definitely had stunt doubles i mean all of the time or part of the time i don't know the ratios but you couldn't tell and when you're watching it 
there's a lot of good skating. There's a lot of good hockey passes, a lot of good hitting, and it's just, it's well done. And I, I bring that up because I feel like so many modern sports movies completely glaze over that. The movie becomes so much more about off-the-court stuff. Like, I, I hate Remember the Titans because I feel Titans. like there's no football in it. Yeah. And this movie, there's a ton of hockey in it, which makes it fun for kids and people that like hockey. Yeah, it's, it, it ha- I, I sat down and watched the movie the other night, and I had my... Um, my twins watch it with me and they were, they didn't really care about it, but there's enough hockey scenes, like enough sports scenes that like my, my son link was like actually like engaged in like watching the sport. Like, and there's a lot of hockey scenes, like especially in the, when they start, when Gordon starts coaching them, there's like about 45 minutes where it's like hockey scene after hockey scene after hockey scene. And it's, it's, it's fun to watch. It is fun to watch. So you just watched it recently with your kids. Yeah, I did. How'd mm-hmm. they feel about it? <laughs> well, they didn't really give me a, you know, a good, uh, a good review of it. But hang, uh, hang on, they're four going on five now. No, they're they're three going on four. Oh, so Brennan's kids were born right at the start of football season. I'll never forget that. So oh, gosh, I was going to a, I was going to a Seahawks game. Me and Abby were leaving to go to a Seahawks game, and that night her water broke, and we had to go have like emergency C-section. So they're they're his kids are turning four, and what about six weeks then? Yeah, because we're mid July. And in, yeah, September 26th. The twins. Oh, I guess it's closer to two months. Um, So, anyway, so that's all good. Yeah, they I mean, they like, I mean, it definitely can hold a, ch- a child's attention. So, how many times do you think you've seen this movie? Mm. And I know this is a rough God, This is a terrible thing to say, but I've probably seen Mighty Ducks, like, a handful of times. I've probably seen Mighty Ducks 2 and 3, 20 times each. Stop the podcast. I don't want to do this show with you anymore. What is the matter with you? I have no idea. Mighty Ducks 1 is awesome. And yes. we'll get to the sequels. But, oh my god. Okay, so I've seen Mighty Ducks 1 probably like... I would guess probably like 30 times. I've, and, probably, I've probably seen it like... Probably, I've probably seen it like probably 20, 20 times. But like, never... I don't watch movies all the way through. It's always like I'm picking them up. And you know, like Mighty Ducks is one of those movies you kinda, that... When you do the... So this is how I reconcile that accounting. If you've watched the movie about halfway through twice, then you've watched it once. And I know that doesn't, that's just how you have to do it. In my book, anyway. And mm-hmm. I'm on our podcast in Adam's house. Okay. So you've seen it about 20 times, you think? I would say so. Okay. I think I'm a little north of that, but not that much farther. Um, and then, do you think, I mean, you just watched it. Does it hold up? Absolutely. Like, it's a. I always thought 90s movies were going to be those type of movies that, like, you would. Go back and like, oh, that movie feels really 90s. Like, totally. But like, now I, we're getting to the point where 90s is like nostalgic and retro. Yeah, retro. And like, movies, like, they hold up well. Like, they really do. Like, they're they're fun to watch. And they, they just, for me, and for, I imagine, a lot of like 90s kids that are growing up, it just reminds you of when you were a kid. And I think anything that reminds you of, Adam is putting a, an ice pack on the top of his head. And I'm holding it with one of those like black eye shade things that losers wear on the planes because they're afraid to look down. Um, it blocks out the light. It blocks out the sun. You know, these little black, they're sort of like soft sunglasses and they wrap around your head okay. to block out the sun. So with the oxy and with the broken leg, I've had a real trouble with temperature control. Mm. I'm always either hot or cold all day. Normally, in this little room that Brennan and I are recording in, in my father-in-law's house, I've got this big box fan on me all the time, but 
since we're so considerate of all of our awesome listeners like you guys, we thought you could do without that constant humming. Yes, absolutely. So what were we talking about? Um, we were talking about whether or not the movie holds up. Oh, yeah, it absolutely holds up. I mean, I think it's it's nostalgic. It reminds me of when I was a kid. Um, reminds me of watching, you know, Mighty Ducks. As a, I mean, this reminds me of, like, sitting in my basement and watching this movie with my dad. Yeah, so. that's, a, that's a nice memory. I, I feel similarly watching it in my basement with my mom. Yeah. Um, so if... If Mighty Ducks was remade and it was just called The Mighty Ducks and it was by Disney mm-hmm. and, you know, they made it all 2019, what do you think? How do you think it would be? Oh, I already, I've already made, I've already written the, like, uh, the treatment. This I, is I, in the works? I, I've already wrote, wrote the treatment. Oh, you've wrote it. Yes, I've wrote the treatment. Have you pitched it to anyone? <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't, I haven't pitched it to anyone. I can't believe you're working on a screenplay and you haven't talked to me. I'm the only person you know that has any experience doing this. <laughs> That's true. I, I haven't actually wrote a tr- treatment, but well, like, it's, tr- it's one of those, like, I know, like they've, they've been, so Disney has been in talks to reboot the Mighty Ducks franchise, but like, like all my, like all reboots nowadays, you can't reboot a movie without having original characters in the reboot. So Joshua Jackson have to come back and be the coach. Exactly. And and so there's been talk that they're going to re- reboot it as a um like a TV show like on the new Disney. Do you remember do you remember the thing? animated oh, show God. the Mighty Ducks where they were actual ducks they're, and they were like aliens or something? They were like yeah, they, they were, were like outer space ducks. Anthropomorphic like Weren't they like from outer space? Too? I don't remember. They just they were they were fighting crime and like playing hockey and it didn't really make any sense. That nah, was lame. And um, I think it was on the Disney Channel, which made it super lame. But could they remake this movie? They absolutely could, and they I, I my forget idea, whether or not they could. Would it be good? Oh, absolutely. You think? My, yeah. No, nah, I don't know. It'd be so PC. It'd, it'd probably be a team of girls. There would be girls in it. They would be the star. The, the, oh gosh, don't go down this road. I'm going down that road. I, I don't want to go down. It's this. not because I'm I, not going down this. Well, I'm already road. down the road. Well, so you can wave to me from the, the fork. It's a bad take. It's not a bad take. The the take is not that I don't like to see women succeed in film. I don't like the pandering. That's what I don't like. I don't like that Hollywood panders to that right now. It feels so forced. Where you take a movie with badass women in it, like Alien. You know, it's awesome. They weren't pandering to anyone. I don't have an issue with women being the stars of movies and making it awesome. I love that kind of stuff when it's done right. I have an issue with the pandering. Well, I don't want to get into like what if, what Mighty X would do now, but I think they would probably bring back, like, they'd probably bring back Joshua Jackson. Probably I, not Goldberg. <laughs> probably not Goldberg. <laughs> but there, I mean, there's multiple actors of from there that are still acting today. And, uh, and yeah, they could definitely, you know, bring back, you know, some sort of story that's similar. I, they'd probably take out the whole DUI, like kids, like Joshua Jackson getting DUI. It'd probably be, you know, something like something some similar. Fine, uh... But, you know, like, but yeah, they could definitely do it. So Mighty Ducks 2. Yeah, let's talk about the sequels real quick. Um, right, so. <laughs> well, I've got a good Mighty Ducks 2 story. Okay. So when I was in fourth grade, I asked a little girl out on my first date. Um, her name was Amy Pierce, and she was from like South Carolina or something. She had this little Southern drawl that I liked when I was in fourth grade. And she said yes, and I invited her to go see the Mighty Ducks. And my mom and her, excuse me, Mighty Ducks too. And my mom and her friend Russ 
drove us in his truck to the Mighty Ducks, and I paid for her and my ticket, and then they took us to Dairy Queen, and I bought her and I, like, blizzards afterwards. And then the following week, I caught her, like, in one of these big tires talking to some other kid named Chris Pierce, and they had the same last name, and I thought that made them both dirty, incestuous freaks, and I didn't like her anymore after that. And I was pissed off because I took her to the Mighty Ducks, and I gave her this cheap little ring. Oh, wow, like a class ring? No, not a class ring. It was like a little Cracker Jack ring, essentially. It wasn't even like a fitted ring. You know, it had like a gap in it. So like it didn't matter how fat your finger was, you could still fit it on. You know, it was a fourth grade, so I didn't have like a an extensive library of jewelry to give this girl. Right. But I did have this. <laughs> so, but, so you went and saw Mighty Ducks 2 in the theater. With this little and girl. And you loved the movie. I... You had to have loved the movie when you were that age. I am not going to say I loved it. I immediately thought that Mighty Ducks was better, although I will say I didn't dislike it. I thought Mighty Ducks 2 was good, and to this day, I'll concede that it's good as a kid's movie. It's good. It's got Kenan Thompson in it, Yeah. and uh, in the plot, they go to like the Junior Olympics. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly how they got that gig. It seems like there's plenty of talented hockey teams across the country, but they did with Gordon Bombay, and they brought on a few ringers, including... Uh, Benny Martinez. Oh, yeah, from The Sandlot. Yeah, and then uh, that. Julie the Cat. Julie the Cat. Who's that girl? She's pretty. What's that girl's name? I don't know, but she's. A, I think she's still. She still does stuff. Oh, um, and then there was some cowboy kid and some other big enforcer guy from like Portland. Um, anyway, it was good. The, and the, the big bad team in this movie was Iceland, who took the role of the Hawks. And Iceland was this team of big giant goons that just loved to beat the hell out of one. And has one like jerk coach with slicked back hair who like injured Bombay's knee somehow. Yeah, I mean the whole. So the end of Mighty Ducks ends with Gordon Bombay leaving and going, getting on, getting on a on a van or getting on a bus to go play, try like, out, go try out for a hockey team, like a minor league a minor hockey. hockey team. Like he's gonna go live his dream. He's still young enough to go. Apparently go play hockey still. Yeah, he's like our age. He's like mid-30s, I think. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I wonder how old he was. Really. Well, I, well, however old he was, I believe that's how they said he was in the movie. He's like 36. Okay. Time. And so he goes and he's trying out. And so Mighty Ducks 2 picks up. So he's apparently made a team. And in the very beginning, he like, he gets hurt. Like, it's kind of like they, it's like the beginning of like Mighty Ducks, but only now Gordon Bombay's an adult and they, they show him getting hurt. And so now he comes back kind of with his tail between his legs, to Minneapolis. And... He breaks his leg like a loser, like a pathetic <laughs> loser. And he's approached to, like, coach the the junior hockey team for uh, the Junior Olympics. And, and so and so since they since the Mighty Ducks have made all this news, they've decided that they should be the team that represents America, which would never happen because, like, all junior teams are all, like, compromised of comprised of, like, all-stars from across the... United States, and that's kind of what they tried to do with bringing in these other, like hockey players, like the cowboy, the cowboy, the Julie the cat. Yeah, you know, and they all come from like, they all come from like Miami, Texas, Maine, and like you said, Portland. But what the the guy, uh, the Benny the Jet, uh, he couldn't, he couldn't stop. Yeah, he couldn't skate. He he could he could skate. He was a speed skater. He could, he could skate really fast. Oh, and then there was a. The, the the Chinese kid who was a figure skater. Oh, I completely forgot about that kid. <laughs> um, but anyways, and so they bring back, you know, pretty much the same cast. There's a couple guys that are 
the couple of characters that are gone. But um, Jesse Smollett's gone, but his brother's still there. Oddly, yeah. you know he 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 was older, so he like he's somewhere else. Jesse hockey. Smollett got caught lying on the set, and they, they decided <laughs> not to incorporate him. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, Mighty Ducks two is so, is fine. So that's I mean, part two. Part and before two. I give you my opinion, describe the plot of part three. The plot of <laughs> the plot of Mighty Ducks three is. The kids are now going into high school, and they've all gotten full rides to go play hockey at a private like prep a school. Prep school, yeah. In Minneapolis, the same place that Gordon Bombay played hockey at when he was in high school, which I want to say is a major plot hole because I thought he quit playing hockey after he was like a little kid. What are you saying? That part three's stupid? <laughs> you can't be saying that. But the one argument, the one our thing me and my friend Steve always kind of argued about, not argued about, always laughed about, was that these kids went from playing junior hockey and then they go to this high school and they can't even make no, the vol- were, varsity no, team. You said it wrong. They were junior Olympic champions. They were <laughs> Olympic right. champions in part two and they can't make varsity in part three. <laughs> It's so stupid. It's so stupid. It doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense. I don't. I, I, the and, not, whole, and, and not not even like like a few of them make the varsity team. Like no, in one, part, one of them makes the varsity team. Who? Adam Banks. Adam Banks. Okay. Well, the rest of them don't make it, and the varsity team is a bunch of like dicks about it. And it's like you'd think they'd want some of these kids, right? They're like Olympic champions. They're junior Olympic champions. Yep. But they're not even freshmen. When they come in. They're sophomores. So like they're playing against the the sophomores. So they could definitely make the team. Yeah, they could have. And Adam Biggs made the team. All right. Well, anyway, so in that movie ends with the junior, the the JV team beating beating the varsity team, and it's another stupid underdog story that makes no sense. Because they're not underdogs. Because they're not underdogs. They should be better than them. Um, So I've only ever seen this movie one time at like 3 a.m. On Showtime when I was like 15 and like half asleep. Oh, so you've never seen this movie? Well, I have. I've seen it one time. It doesn't like, count. But I remember it. I remember thinking how stupid it was. I remember like thinking then, what do you mean they can't make varsity? The other thing that's weird about this movie is like Gordon Bay, bon- Gordon Bombay is like not in it. There's some other coach, but then he is in it at the end. Well, he comes in as like a lawyer because at the as a lawyer because at this movie is for this movie was like really. Like, they wanted to make it really quickly after D2, and I think it came out probably two years after D2, and, but, like, Emilio Estevez did not want to be in it. But, well, I wonder why. <laughs> he did not want to be... But he was in it. But he was... Well, he was in it under the... But under, he, shot, he shot for, like, two days. <laughs> yeah, he was in it, but he also did it because he got to, like, make a... He got... Disney produced a movie that he was, like writing like, so, so he, he made a trade he made a he made a trade a to little be, horse trade yeah to, to be in the to, for him to be in the movie do you know the movie they let him do i was gonna look it up but go, go ahead because i want to talk about um the best hockey movies out there other than the mighty ducks we mentioned Slapshot, which is good especially the first time you watch it i don't know that Slapshot's got the rewatchability for me but the first time I watched it, I enjoyed it. I liked the triplets and all the fighting and all the drunken Canadian, you know, hockey themes. I thought it was fun. There's a lot of fighting in that movie. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of behaviors that are that are very Canadian that I thought was fun to watch. And so I don't I don't hate on Slapshot. I also think it's a little overrated. 
but I like it as a whole. Um, you know, other than that, there hasn't been a ton of hockey movies. I mean, do you have a list of hockey movies? That I mean, you've... Google does, but can you think of one off the top of your head? Can you um, think of another hockey movie? Um, like I can think of recent hockey movies. Like I can think of Goon with uh, Oh, Goon's good with um, yeah, John we... William Scott. He's in it. Um, so there's there's this one movie that I've always wanted to see that I haven't seen that's got like Rob Lowe in it, and it's oh god, what's the name of it? It's oh, it's called like Young Blood or Young Heart or something like that. It's like Rob Lowe. 80s it's it's like a rocky movie except it's rob Lowe playing hockey hmm. is in a nutshell it seems you know what i think i i listened to a podcast recently with a rob Ooh, sudden Lowe. death with jean-claude van damme that's got hockey in it what yeah you he, never he seen, plays hockey in it you don't know <laughs> no not really <laughs> but at the end the terrorists or whatever are trying to blow up a hockey match uh-huh and somehow he like he beats up the goalie and he puts on the goalie gear so he can go out into the rink and like save the save the stadium from exploding and he has to actually stop a goal while he's out there for like the home team and he signals his kid with this like lame little dance move that they do together anyway there's not a oh the cutting edge that's not a hockey movie that's figure skating i don't know i was gonna say well isn't the cutting edge doesn't it have like a hockey player in it you haven't seen the cutting edge I haven't seen a lot of these. I have never seen Slapshot. Oh. I cannot find the, the reason why Emilio Estevez was in this movie, but there was a reason like that he was in it so he could produce some movie he made, and I couldn't figure out what that movie that was. But, uh... Um, yeah, not a lot of... I mean, I'm looking at Google right now. There's just not a lot the, of Yeah, there's, there's three hockey movies that are worth watching. Mighty Ducks 2. I mean, sorry. Mighty Ducks, Mighty Ducks 2, and Mighty Ducks 3. You shut your there mouth. There has to be. Mighty Ducks 3 is not good. Oh, Miracle. Miracle's a, a Disney. Oh, Does that count right. It? The 1984 Olymp- or the 1980 the, Olympics? Yeah, the 1980, like that. I've never watched it. Um, I've heard it's good, but it's, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just kind of anti-Disney, so I don't. Mystery Alaska? I haven't seen that either. Uh, uh, Russell Crowe? Um, that's a- he likes to fight. I'm Russell Crowe and I like to fight. Yeah, so, but. The South Park. Um. There's not a lot. No, there's not there a lot. Really there's, isn't. There's All not right, a lot here. Moving on, because this is bad radio. <laughs> this is this is terrible. Okay, so can I share you my my Mighty Duck story? Yes. So when I was, I want to say eight or nine, I was on a baseball team called the Mets, and we were shit. We were two and sixteen during the regular season. I never forget this. It was an eighteen game season. We were two and sixteen, and not too unlike the Mighty Ducks, every team made the playoffs. And we played in like sort of a round robin double elimination playoff format. And we lost our very first playoff game to the Braves. And this came out right after the Mighty, or this happened right after the Mighty Ducks came out. And we were a very young team. Like this was one of those leagues where it's like seven, eight, and nine year olds. And we had like a ton of seven year olds. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you know how that works. Sometimes it's kind of luck of the draw. Sometimes you get an older team. We were a young, shitty team. I was a second baseman. And there was another kid on the team named Brandon who was the coach's son. And we batted three and four. And we were like kind of the heart of of the batting order anyway. But for whatever reason, like some crazy Disney movie, all of our little seven-year-olds all got hot and started hitting in the playoffs after we lost this first game. Like, and, and Brandon and I played well too. Like we we went on this amazing streak. We won like the next seven games. It was unreal, including beating the Braves in this, the team that beat us in round one in the semifinals 
in extra innings on a like a stolen base in like the sixth or seventh inning, whatever. Like we stole home and won in the rain. And I remember, I remember the parents of our team, including my mom and some of the other moms and dads. It became this this odd little cult phenomenon, like a Disney movie, where everyone was just so excited, like because we had sucked all year, you know. And somehow, just like a Disney movie. All of our young kids and our shitty players just started playing well. We were fielding, we were hitting, and we were winning every game. And and as I recall, I don't specifically recall the scores, but I recall at least three of these playoff games where we only won by one run. Like they were tight, close games that we just barely pulled out. And in one of them, including the Cardinals, which was the quarterfinal game, the game against the, before the Brave game, I hit two home runs, including a two-run homer and a three-run homer. I'll never forget the second time I came up to play, I remember the other team's coach screaming at his right fielder, back the beep up, and pointing, moving him back. So, like I said, I was a lefty, and I hit a towering home run over this kid's head, even though he had backed the way the hell up. That's awesome. It was so awesome. It was just like one of those, it was like a movie, right? And I remember after one of those games, my mom was more or less in tears because she was just so happy. And I remember her telling one of the other moms, we're going to go home and watch the Mighty Ducks. And that's that is always stuck with me. And it even makes me like misty eyed thinking about it now. It was, yeah, it, was just the, it was just like the sweetest moment. We, like most real teams, we lost to the Reds in the championship game by one run, ten to oh, nine. Oh wow. But it doesn't matter. That will forever be my favorite sports little run. Did you ever. get a second place trophy at least? We all got trophies. It didn't say second place. Oh. But we finished in second place. And we were damn proud. We won like four times as many games in the playoffs as we did in the regular season. That's crazy. That's great. It was great. It was 100% true. It was, it was like the funnest. If my mom was in the room right now, she would gush on about it. Like it was it was a, such a great memory we talk about to this day. That's great. I have no Mighty Ducks stories. I... <laughs> can, can I also tell you, can I also share with you that in like the nine years I played Little League Baseball, I never once finished with a winning record. Not one time i was never on a winning baseball team this was the most success i ever had ever on a baseball team i i honestly don't remember i don't i don't remember um how my records of when i was a kid all i remember is that i made the all-star teams when i was like in oh seven. so you were all about you you were all about the name i made i made this let me just finish let me finish what i was gonna say i was on the all-star teams because my dad was a coach <laughs> yeah, that's how it worked. I remember that. <laughs> well, that because you know. the coaches nominate or whatever. Well, the, the coach is not gonna like my dad's not gonna coach a team if his son's not on it. Well, he doesn't have to be the coach of the all star team, does he? Aren't there other dads? That'll well, do? he he was asked to coach it with another like he wasn't the head coach. He was the, like a like assistant to the head coach. Well, for those that don't know, Brennan's dad was uh he had three sons and he was very involved in their sports. So I could imagine he was probably a pretty good coach. Yeah, he was good. He was a good coach. Okay. So. so anyway, that was my Mighty Ducks story. So I don't know. Anything else you want to go over in this in this this great, awesome nineties hockey movie from our childhood that we love so dear? You know, I, I, I don't. I, I just want to say like if you haven't watched Mighty Ducks and you're listening to this podcast and you've made it this far, I hope that you have decided to go and watch it. I think it's available on Hulu or maybe it's HBO. Um, I think I have I have Hulu and HBO as like a combined package, and it's like a movie that's available through through my Hulu. Um, but yeah, it's definitely available to play. And, and like during the winter, uh, Mighty Ducks is like 
It's usually. on HBO now, right now. Okay, HBO. So yeah. go watch it and watch Mighty Ducks two, and then if you feel apt to it, watch Mighty Ducks three. I highly recommend it just to make fun of it because the beginning scene is the most ridiculous, like beginning Mighty Ducks. Like the scene is just so dumb. Like they're all going around like like I think the second one starts out the same way. Like they all like go like blading around and like bringing back the team together and then the same thing happens in like mighty ducks three and it's just kind of and it's really just terrible i think it's also on hulu right now um and could we could we real quick talk about the uh the impact that the band queen had oh my goodness oh i mean they picked up on they did they had to have picked up on wayne's world right um, or did Wayne's World pick up on them? Well, because '92, like Bohemian Wayne's World... Rhapsody, is a lot different than We Are the Champions and We Will Rock You. So I don't know that the two are related. Is We Are the Champions? Did it? Did it come from? I mean, I know it didn't come from. I know it's like a, a Queen's from Queen's music in like the '70s. But like, is that Mighty Ducks two or was it? In, it wasn't in Mighty Ducks one. Wasn't it? I thought at the end of Mighty Ducks 1, they were all sitting around a campfire. That's Mighty Ducks 2. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, maybe? Okay. So they just played it then. They didn't sing it as a team, but the film played it. It was like part of the soundtrack. They I, played We Are the Champions when they became champions. I, I would assume so, but I don't remember that from Mighty Ducks 1. I think that the second... Did you finish the, it when you watched it just the other day? No, I didn't. Um, Mighty Ducks is one of those movies... So like I think we touched on it earlier. Mighty Ducks was going to be like was being produced by someone else and then Disney swooped in and bought it and you know they released the Mighty Ducks and then then they went since it was so successful they went and produced you know the sequel pretty quickly and then the sequel just became it just became it became a Disney movie yeah it's a Disney movie like can I tell you this really funny meme that I saw for Mighty Ducks yeah sure it was a picture of Gordon Bombay and he was talking to the kids and he was like, okay, guys, Charlie's going to take the final penalty shot, mostly because I'm banging his mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, at the end of the movie, Adam Adam couldn't take this penalty shot. Adam Banks was injured. He was injured. He got he got kicked. He got, like, pushed shoved. against the wall, shoved against the wall. He, like, separated his shoulder against the goal. Like, in, like Pat Riley. Pat Riley. Coach Co- Riley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Coach Riley, like, told, like, one of his gunners to go out and, like, yeah, he sent hurt the, him. He sent the enforcers after yeah. him. Yeah. What a dick. That is kind of a dick move to do to like an 11-year-old kid. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, that's that's the movie. Yeah, it's, yep. Yeah. And uh, But, you know, I appreciate you listening to the show. Um, Check us out on uh, Facebook. Check us out on Twitter. You can follow the show, share the show. We're going to be doing another show soon. We don't have a topic yet, so hold your horses. But uh, what we really need from you guys, if you like the show, if you like us, or if you're bored and just want to be cool, what are we looking for, Brennan? We're looking for those five-star reviews on iTunes. Yeah, so get us those five-star reviews. That's what we need. We love you guys. We hope you enjoy the Mighty Mighty Ducks podcast. If you've got requests for podcasts, reach out to us. Brennan's got something to say? Yeah, and uh, you can you can email us at super90sbrothers.com uh, at gmail.com, um, and you can you know email us questions, uh, show ideas, you know what our favorite foods are. Make a request on a '90s show you want us to cover. Yeah, a or video a, game, a movie, a TV show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of '90s ground uncovered, and uh, we're not going anywhere. I'm certainly not going anywhere because I have a broken leg. I can't move. Yep. So, well, we appreciate you guys, and thank you. 
for listening to the show. For Brennan Pointer, I am Adam J. Pitzler. This has been another bone-chilling, frosty episode of Super 90s Brothers. Thanks for checking it out, guys. Peace. <laughs>